You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Well, good morning. It is good to be here with you again today. I said at the early service, it's always good when you begin a sermon series and you're invited back for week two. Uh, That's always a good sign. Those of you on Facebook, Matt asked you to like the post. There are no tape backs, so uh, that's just where we are. It's good to be here today. Our scripture for this morning is from Luke chapter 15. We're going to read verses 11 through the first part of verse 20, the beginning of the parable of the prodigal son. Let us hear God's word for us today. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week we began a four-week sermon series looking at this parable of the prodigal son. And we started by taking a bird's-eye view of Luke's gospel, and then we zoomed in onto Luke chapter 15 so that we can understand the background and the context where we find these parables of the sheep, of the coin, and of the son, and how they fit into the story that Luke is telling us. Luke is a Gentile, and so Luke writes his gospel as someone who knows what it means to be on the outside looking in. His gospel is known as the gospel of the nobodies because Luke shows us over and over examples of Jesus inviting people not only into God's kingdom, but seating them at places of honor. A great example that we talked about last week, and I'll mention it again, is when Jesus is invited to have a meal at the home of a Pharisee, and a woman walks in with an alabaster jar and anoints Jesus' feet. The Pharisees are indignant that this woman is even in the room. Do you not know what kind of woman this is? She is a sinful woman. And Jesus not only welcomes her into the room, but he honors her at the table. And the critical statement that Jesus is responding to that sets the stage for these three parables is in verses one or two that one and two that we looked at last week. 
where the Pharisees and the scribes point to Jesus and they say, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. A shepherd loses one sheep. And on finding it, he puts it on his shoulders, he brings it home, and he rejoices with his neighbors. Which of you would not do the same? A woman loses one of her ten coins, and on finding it, she rejoices with her neighbors, and which of you would not do the same? In both cases, the focus is not so much on what is lost, although Jesus is telling us that what is lost has great value. But Jesus wants us to focus on the response, that there is joy in heaven among the angels of God for one sinner who repents. And all of this paints for us a picture of God's kingdom, God's economy, where all are invited, all are welcome. And when one sinner repents and is seated at that table, there must be a celebration. And so we get to our story today, the beginning of the prodigal son. And as we dig into this, there are some things I want to make sure we pay attention to and don't skip over because they're important. Dividing an estate while the father is still alive is unusual at best. Liquidating that estate and giving it to your heirs tells us that there is a great internal brokenness in the relationship between the father and the son. He's basically saying, here, go. I don't want to see you, is kind of how that comes across. The son is presented as selfish and irresponsible. Demanding an inheritance at this point shows great dishonor for the father and the family and brings great shame. The younger son is the one who asks for the inheritance. And in the ancient world, if there's an estate to be divided, it's the older son who would receive the majority of the inheritance. And don't miss the fact that both sons receive the inheritance that the younger son asked for. And then there's the imagery of the son going to a distant country. This is also significant. Because remember, Luke is painting a picture of those on the outside being welcomed into God's kingdom and being honored. And this son, we're told, is a long way from home. Not just is he physically a long way from home, but he's working as a hired hand, as a slave. He's feeding pigs which in the Jewish world is an unclean animal. The image that Jesus wants to make sure we get is that this man finds himself not just on the outside, but he is shamed, he is humiliated, he is unclean, unkept, and unwelcome. He's essentially a street beggar with no status to speak of, living in a distant and foreign land, and his relationship with the Father is completely broken. And it's here that the story takes a twist. The younger son came to himself and decides to get up. He decides to go to the Father. He decides to confess his sin. And he desires to be received by the Father, but not as a son, as a hired hand. 
In other words, he desires to return home. He desires to go back and confess his failure to own his shame, but he doesn't believe that his brokenness with the Father can be restored fully. But in the parables of the sheep and the coin, remember the focus is not just on what is lost, although the lost has great value, but that there must be a celebration for a sinner who repents. This parable of the lost or prodigal son is Jesus' very definition of what repentance looks like. This man has rebelled against God the Father. He has squandered all that has been given to him, and his relationship with God is completely broken. There is no relationship. And in a moment of awakening, he seeks to return to God. And the only way he knows that he can do that is to confess his sin, to confess his brokenness, and to ask God to restore that relationship. To use the parables that Jesus has taught, this man is now the lost sheep who is no longer safe, who is away from the 99 who remain under the watch of the careful shepherd. But we know that that one has great value. Because in God's kingdom, the lost do not lose their value. Rather, the Father desires to recover what is lost. This title of the prodigal son is also a curious one. It's not a title that was ever given by Luke. It was added by translators over time. And it would probably make more sense if we're talking about the lost sheep and the lost coin to call this the story of the lost son. And he is, but rather most Bibles refer to the story as the prodigal son. That word prodigal meaning extravagant, reckless, and the son is certainly that. It's a fitting title. But I might argue that the father is more prodigal than the son is, and we'll get to that next week. The thing about parables and the reason why Jesus used them so much is because they can hold different meanings to different people. And that's okay. Parables are intended to provoke and to challenge the status quo, the established order with a new way of thinking. And Jesus does this over and over. So while this parable for us as Christians is about grace and about redemption, and it's a feel-good story for us, for a Jewish audience that would also have heard Jesus teach this story, it takes on a very different meaning. If you look through a Jewish lens, and I studied this quite a bit this past week to try to understand how other people might receive the story, there are parallels of the two sons possibly being the two divided nations of Judah and Israel. There's a parallel between them possibly being Cain and Abel. Maybe the prodigal son is related or parallel in some way to the story of Joseph. Maybe the awakening that is talked about of this prodigal son is a relation to Moses pleading with Israel to come out of its senses in the wilderness. But one of the most fascinating ways of looking at this parable is in the context of a curiously similar story that scholars believe existed among Jewish rabbis long before the time of Jesus. And in that story, 
The younger son runs away, demands his, in, 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 his inheritance, and squanders it all, just as in our story. But when he comes back, he's met by a father who has his arms crossed, who rejects him. The idea being that once you are on the outside, there is no coming back. And if you've always been on the, on the outside, you are not welcome in. So if that story did exist, imagine the reaction of those Jewish people in the crowd hearing Jesus tell the story. Oh, the father has two sons. We know this story. We know how this ends. He's going to be left on the outside and rejected. But Jesus says, no. The son is not only accepted, not only welcomed in, but there is a celebration to honor him. Hold on to that when we get to the story of the older brother. If this parable is intended to provoke and to challenge us, it certainly would have succeeded with those in the crowd with a Jewish heritage. Jesus continues to show us what God's kingdom is like. And it counters most of what the religious leaders believe to be true. Yet Jesus does welcome the sinner. Jesus does eat with them. And that sinful woman is welcomed and she is honored. The leper is healed. The blind man is given sight. The prodigal son is welcomed home with open arms. There was a time in my life when I was that prodigal son. Maybe you can relate as well. But our past mistakes don't define us. God does. And God reminds us that no matter how far down that wrong path we may have gone, He waits, He seeks, He searches, He waits for us to turn around, to repent, to run back to the Father. And it's there in that awakening moment that we fall into grace. And we find redemption over and over and over again. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, for all that you have given to us, we give you thanks. May we use these gifts wisely for the furthering of your kingdom and not our own. May we receive your grace and your goodness just as you receive us with open arms. Help us to confess our sin, to turn towards you, and to know that you are always there, ready to receive us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.